0: What's up, guys? It's Mitch from Respectmergent.com. back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. Episode 77, getting close to that end of this season of episode 80, the culmination of looking at cannabis around the United States and beyond. Today, I am joined by special guest Taylor Jones, co-founder and VP of revenue at Pistol Data. How are you doing today, Taylor?
1: I'm doing great. Episode 77. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here.
0: Heck yeah, man. We're, we're happy to have you on here. You guys have had some uh, recent big news and been making, really carving out a niche over this last, uh, you know, at least I, you know, i kind of got in tune to you guys over the last, I feel like two years, but really have been moving and grooving and, and throwing some steam behind it this last year. Um, but before we get too much into that, I'd love to just get, you know, the basic introduction to yourself and your history around the plant. The plant we're talking about is obviously cannabis. You can, you know, share your personal experiences and or keep it more professional and and in tune to business, but, but the flow floor is yours to talk Mm -hmm. about your origin around, around cannabis.
1: Awesome. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super, super excited to be here. You know, my, my relationship with the plant really started at a fairly young age, I would, I would say eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, just really curious. Um, having an older brother kind of being around cannabis, uh, at a young age, interested in, in what it did and. I guess experience wise getting getting high for the first time and, and thinking about how it made me feel it wasn't as bad as as everything was uh kind of taught in those drug classes in school and and whatnot um, fast forward to college obviously uh, things probably picked up through high school and college of, of using cannabis and then eventually kind of figuring out that i wanted to get in the industry um in 2014 i, I flew to colorado for 420 and that was my first experience kind of walking into a dispensary and really was shocked at how the, the whole operation kind of ran. It felt like I was like going into a drug dealer's house, but it was like a dispensary. Um, but it still kind of felt like I was doing something wrong. <laughs> um, and then in 2015, I actually, I was working at a, an Oracle uh, partner doing tech sales and learning a lot about ERP systems. And um, literally just one night I kind of woke up and was like, man, I wonder how they're how they're tracking all of this uh, legal product. So I did a quick, uh, quick search cannabis ERP in Google. And um, at the time I was living down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and just so happened, you may have heard of this company, but BioTrack THC was actually headquartered uh, 10 minutes from where I was living. And that was kind of my entry into the space. I uh, actually got on LinkedIn, which is kind of funny thinking back then it was still right. so powerful compared to, I mean, it's even more powerful now, but back then still, still was on there and uh, messaged the founder of BioTrack and uh, got hired within two weeks and, and that was really my start um, into the space. That,
0: that's awesome, man. And I know you've you've made some, you've been in a couple different areas a lot within the, the, the tech side, but what are some of these yeah. ar- other areas and companies you've worked with in the cannabis space?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, I was at BioTrack from uh, 2015 to 2017. Um, after about six months at BioTrack in, in Florida, really realized that I needed to get into a legal market at the time to uh, to network, you know, meet people and kind of see what other opportunities were out there. So I moved to Denver. So I've lived in Denver the last five or six years, Um, started uh, kind of putting my name out there in twenty seventeen. Luckily, got recruited by uh, the folks over at Baker Technologies, where I then became the director of sales and eventually became the VP of sales once we were acquired by uh, kind of as in a merger acquisition uh, deal with uh, as Tilt Holdings. Um, Once I was the VP of sales at Tilt, I actually started to take over a little bit more of of operations from a sales perspective. We had a couple assets, one in Massachusetts, Commonwealth Alternative Care and uh, Standard Farms in Pennsylvania. So I actually got to uh, get involved in actually selling products in the stores, which was definitely a little bit different for me from like kind of, you know, selling weed, going, actually doing it legally, broke all my records. Uh, Just kidding. But uh, that that was kind of how I got you know really really started to figure out like what problem I had when I went out to Massachusetts and was like wait a second like what MSOs would buy product from us from a wholesale perspective as you know it's it's vertically integrated for the most part in Massachusetts and um, yeah so I I did that for two years after and through the merger and then last summer someone reached out to me a close contact I'm out in the space and was like hey you should meet uh, this gentleman Jeffrey Graham he is currently at a, a, a company in california called norcal cannabis company and he's got a really impressive background he was at google he was at twitter he was at blackrock and he's got a pretty cool idea um you guys should meet i, th- I think you'd you'd uh, like what he has to say and, and when i met with jeffrey last summer he kind of pitched the idea of let's build a really focused sales tool um to help sales reps sell better make it easier and, and really just sales enablement in general and it really clicked for me because I've been in that, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in that position. I've been building spreadsheets, surfing menus, figuring out like who's out of stock of our product, who needs to, to reorder more products. Um, and so we teamed up last summer and um, did a beta program in the fall and then finally got the app to market uh, the first of February this year. Awesome. Well, congrats on, on launching it. Um,
0: you know, you gave me a, t- a, a little bit of a tour of it when we are in Vegas, I looked super clean and that's, you know, I, I've definitely seen quite a bit of tech, even if it's advanced in quality, the interfaces of some of the tech in this space are, seem a little bit living in some latter years on the back end, but you guys are definitely have something that looks very now and current. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think when when we like kind of initially designed it, we knew that our who our end user was. Right, it's a sales rep. They're likely in their car. They're on the go. They're meeting with buyers. They need something that's really easy and that's actionable and literal. And you know, a lot of the the tech and kind of data tools that we see are a lot of cool graphs and a lot of cool things you can do. But for a sales rep. Uh, we wanted to make something very mobile friendly and, and something they could act upon, and you know, based on one single data point that was very easy to use. So I think uh, I think we accomplished that at least for our our, our V one right now for for brands. Absolutely,
0: and, and you know, and and it's it's interesting for you to come from that sales perspective and sales and tech to then be involved with tech that helps facilitate the sale. You know, it seems like a beautiful like journey of everything that comes together. Um, do you feel that way? Like you feel like you're just right where you need to be in this merge of both worlds?
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny you say that because when I, when I met with Jeffrey, I was like, wait, so I'm going to be selling a tool to my, to someone similar to me. Right. That's been in a, a VP of sales. That's who I'm going to be calling on trying to make their job easier, trying to make their reps better, trying to make their time more efficient. Like when I think about sales. You know, time is money in sales. The more efficient you can be, the more you can spend time speaking with a buyer, building that relationship. Um, and that's that's really what we're set out to do is, is just make it a little bit easier for reps to go about their day, get more sales, hit the No, um. oh, I lost you for half a second
0: You still there?
1: Yeah. Can you hear oh. me? Okay
0: yeah i think it just lost drop for half a second but no no that 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 makes complete sense and and i love looking at that because you know i'm not a sales guy but part of my my livelihood in making my company work uh, requires me to do sales and i've done uh, you know a lot of clients i work with the sales force the marketing strategy we 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 come up with is very much in alignment with the sales force and so i very much understand going through excel and google and business cards to build out your database and then cross-reference for uh, where is our products at? Have we reached out to this person before? Um, and you guys have built something that just makes that, like, you know, when you showed me it, it seems like if, if I was a sales guy, I could just pick it up and just spend like, oh, let me spend 10 minutes real quick and identifying some quick targets for the day. So what's the ideal use or scenario for, for using this product Pistol Data is built?
1: Yeah, totally. So kind of, you know, sales enablement means a lot um, from a, you know, it could be a CRM. It's, it's really, Make the process more efficient, sell more effectively. That that's kind of the definition of sales. So it can mean a couple of different things. When I think about what our tool does, it's really about you know identifying a better prospect. So you know most CRMs for sales teams at cannabis brands list of stores that they're not in, of course. But prospecting is hard in cannabis. There's a lot of things moving. Brands are coming on and off the shelf. New licenses are being awarded. Stores are shutting down. People are making acquisitions. There's, there's a lot of moving things. So what we're trying to do is just make it easier for them to identify, you know, who a good prospect is, um, when their products are going out of stock. Um they can go ahead and call the buyer. You know, the speaking about the buyer, like the buyer has a lot going on too, right? Like if you about distribution in industries like liquor, for example, they're really controlled by like a few big liquor distributors, right? So like liquor store is only dealing with some amount of sales people coming that are a you know, ton of brands. And so buyers are likely overwhelmed. So I think, you know, We're trying to make that relationship with the buyer a lot more efficient for them as well, right? And sales reps coming to them and they have, uh, et cetera, it's it's making the buyer's job a little bit easier too. That's the
0: common pain point of my clients that are in the retail aspect, especially the leaner teams where the buyer has to wear a couple of different hats. They spend the majority of their day, you know, people coming in, trying to talk to them, calls coming in, their their inbox is consistently flooded. Um, How much do you think is there kind of adoption for the industry looking towards data and tools like this? And how Mm -hmm. much do you think there kind of is a ways to go for them to kind of catch up to the speed of using these type of tools and leveraging the data that's out there?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think about that all the time, to be honest with you. Um, You know, I think the industry is in a place where there's a lot of technologies out there. Right. And if you look at other industries, it's a little bit more standard. The, the one thing that comes to mind that's so different about cannabis than another industry is there's not really a UPC uh, code, uh, like unique identifier for a product, right? If I look at a Samsung TV, you know, there's a unique UPC across the world. You basically can track that specific type of TV across any retail chain, e-commerce, whatever. Cannabis products are just so unique because of it. Just speaking on flower, like it can be the same strain, different grower. There's just a lot more data points that, that get involved in that um to answer your question though when i think about like you know every operator is a little bit different you have more mature operators that have been doing this a while maybe they weren't as data focused to start but now they're getting to that point where their business is somewhat more established and data has become more efficient to kind of increase their margin and, and really focus on the bottom line um, and then there's newer operators that are coming into the space you know from cpg from beverage etc that are used to having really good data tools and, and you know, when we run demos and we're getting a, a CPG person or a beverage person, I mean, the demo usually doesn't need to go more than 10 minutes and it, it just clicks for them right away. Mm. They're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen anything like this yet. So I think, you know, from a data perspective in general in the industry, it's still really fragmented because data is hard in this space. It's very hard. So salute to all the other data companies in the space because uh, it's not easy to, to clean and standardize uh, data in cannabis. And it's hopefully one day. It will get a little bit easier and i think it'll benefit the whole industry if we can you know take one single product skew and, and see what's happening yeah. um, not just from like a state compliance perspective like metric but like all the way to the consumer who's buying that product all the way through and and really have better access to that because i think that's that's one thing that is lacking and in at the end of the day like every company you know every company in cannabis is is a startup i've said it before i'll say it again like it's it's almost like we're we're in this like weird startup world of like, our clients are startups, we're a startup, their clients, you know, everybody's trying to figure it out. And so, um, you know, I I salute any company that's that's trying to do and and help the industry kind of fix the data issues that we have.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look, the, the consumer is in an infant state in terms of education and awareness, the the supply chain is infant, you know, around a plant that's like you said, so nuanced with, with even like flour, which is the root cause of all this. And then even the regulatory system, a regulatory body, it changes from state to state, but all of them, I live in Washington. We're one of the most advanced. We're only like six years deep in the game, which is pretty, you know, pretty new. And I'll tell you like, you know, they're still finding new ways to fuck things (laughs) up every (laughs) single day, you know, but it's a, it's a difficult task. That's, and you absolutely hit it right because there's so many skews and there's so many nuanced changes between skews as the industry matures you know there'll be some things i think that help help shape that and make it a little bit easier but just by nature any grower can go right now and cross whatever genetics they want and right maybe only offer it on a one-time drop and then change the next time and that just you know, like you said it fragments the data it fragments yeah. the whole system It's. It's it's a beautiful thing, but it's it's it can be a, a an obstacle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what and that was one of the questions I had is like, what are some of the obstacles beyond what we just talked about? The obstacles in collecting data in this space is it just the fragmentation, or does it go a little yeah. bit
1: deeper than that? I, I think it it does go a little bit deeper. Again, like since this industry is so new, right, there are a lot of startup tech companies. So like even just usage on like what point of sale people use or what e commerce they use, like it is pretty fragmented. That's starting to change. Like I said, I was selling Biotrack's point of sale in 2015, where people would call and it was like me versus MJ Freeway. And that was it. Um, it's a good time to be a sales guy <laughs> back then. Um, and then the, and then GreenBits came and then Leaf Logics came and then 50 plus other point of sales came. And it happened in a very short span of time. And I think consolidation is already happening. You look at like the dutchie roll up. You look at some of these other acquisitions that are happening, and, and I can, I, you know, I would bet that that's going to continue to happen. Um, I think consolidation from a data perspective actually is likely a good thing because there is going to be a little bit more standardization from data. You know, back back in 2015, you know, people really weren't using like e-commerce, like mm-hmm. buying online, really wasn't a thing. It was kind of a thing. Like people use Weed Maps basically to find dispensaries and look at their menus, but not actually place orders. Um, And at the time, Biotrack, when I was there, we didn't even have an API. So like we weren't pushing data anywhere. And I think, um, you know, as APIs get better, companies become more mature. You're starting to see really good talent enter the cannabis tech space where like, I still think it's not officially like the doors wide open for like really talented people in Silicon Valley to start to enter where it's, you know, it wouldn't ruin their career if they decide it's not for them. There still is that taboo and that stigma that is like, is very, very real. Um, even today. So like, for example, our Instagram got shut down three weeks ago. I just got it back on today. You know, yeah. and we're a tech company, we're a data company. Um, so we're, you know, I think there's a lot of red tape in the space. And when I see red tape, all I see is opportunity because anyone in any company who's willing to get around that red tape and work a little bit harder is has an advantage over everyone who's sitting on the sidelines kind of waiting to uh, to jump in. Absolutely.
0: I, I feel the same way, you know, even even with the common Instagrams, a pain in the ass out here, but as a marketer, I, I love it. You know, I love it. I personally enjoy, I welcome more challenges, man, because yeah. it just forces me to be more creative, but... And it forces me to be more creative where I feel like others are just stagnant and complaining. And so I personally enjoy it, but um, I know many others don't. But Instagram is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to admit that um, on this on this talk of consolidation, you know, it's, it's inevitable that we're you know, moving towards a federal declassification or federal legalization um, where, where do you kind of see just the shift of this industry and, and, mm-hmm. you know, conglomerates starting to come up, acquisitions are starting to increase. Where, where do you kind of see the next three to five years of the space? Do you think it's, yeah. uh, a little too forward thinking to think that we'll see federal legalization in that time period, or you think we're a little bit longer?
1: That's the, that's the magic question. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the way I, my hope is that the first thing that the federal government does is, how about we just focus on getting all the forty thousand plus nonviolent marijuana convictions and anyone on parole that was affected by that? Let's focus on them first mm. um, and get them out of prison because I think that's 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 got to just be first in my in my mind. When I think about federal legalization, there's a lot of like what ifs that could happen. You know, people are like interstate commerce happening right away. And you know, what if states don't want to cultivate cannabis in their state, but they just want to buy it from Oregon or Washington and you know, I, I think there's a lot of unknowns. I, I personally just watching what's happened the last couple of years with legislation kind of appearing and then going away. And, you know, there's a lot of other issues that we're facing as, as well as a country. So I would hope that descheduling at least happens in three years. I mean, in a perfect world, bank, you know, some type of banking fix happens with 280E and all of those issues that we're dealing with. And then getting getting folks out of out of prison for non nonviolent marijuana crimes. Federal legalization as a whole, there's a lot of stuff that's gonna be needed discussed and decided on how interstate commerce is gonna work and how the licensing works, you know. Selfishly as a, as a tech small startup tech company, at least at this point, you know, the longer, the longer there's a window of opportunity for companies like ours, as far as when bigger companies come in, like the Microsoft's, the Oracle's, the Facebooks, Amazons, et cetera. So personally, for me, the more time we can have to develop our business, um, the better off we'll be. All
0: right, man, I man, I I can associate that feeling as well. Uh, you know, little got guy, little guys got to grind it out while while that window is there because it's not the the window is it's not going to be a sweet it's not going to be a sweet year in a couple yeah. of years. Um, and then you know, obviously, some of these markets like the West Coast is is the most mature. Although California is the newest state on the West Coast to have an adult use and, and recreational cannabis. It is probably the most mature and most competitive just due to the accessibility of cannabis and the culture um, existing much stronger and longer than any of these other states. Do you find it like having conversations around your guys tools? Do you feel like they're easier in some of these more competitive states or do you feel like it's more so in emerging markets?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, currently right now, our app is only in California and Colorado, so I can't really speak too much to it. You know, part of um, our 2022 plans is is to take pistol into um, uh, 13 more states. So the, the goal is to be in 15 by the end of 22, and we've got a, a pretty strong roadmap for Q1, Q2 to to knock a lot of those out. Just what I know about the markets, you know, I think I think there's applications for it in in any type of state. You know, in a multi in a in a vertically integrated state. Where like MSOs dominate the market, like in Illinois for right now, until they issue all those licenses that are that are pending. Um, I think just the use cases could change a little bit. Where like you might not have as many prospects within the app, but out of mm-hmm. stocks are the most important thing that that you're using. And as far as staying on the shelf and pricing and average pricing and things like that, that really need to be looked at because it is very competitive. Um, but we we uh, we launched in California, not not just because Jeffrey's in, in San Francisco area but more along the lines of like in my belief as well is like if you can win in california you can win in any any market and i, I truly believe that I, I still think it holds true today from, from a tech perspective and a brand perspective because california is tough standards are higher you know it's the largest market in the world and that's never going to change and the history of it will never change but ogs market that have seen all the different data tools and all different types of stuff So we, uh, you know, that, that was our kind of, our, our initial game plan was like, all right, let's go into California. If we can win here, um, all easier for us, essentially.
0: Which is an interesting approach because most people see California and put their uh, tail between their legs and and run to somewhere else. So applaud you guys for taking that on, but you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. California is the, is the epicenter of cannabis culture, breeding, education. It's also, you know, the tech epicenter, celebrity money, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of contributing variables that make it competitive in a lot of different ways throughout the supply chain. Um, How do you see like the intersection around tech and business like intersecting with culture? Like, do you see a, a happy point where those two exist together? Yeah, I do. I do.
1: Like, you know, we've onboarded over 600 sales reps, And we have the OG reps that have been doing the pre-legalization. We've got the you know the liquor distributor reps that just got into cannabis. And I think if you can make it easy for people and you can make a tool that helps their job better and make their lives easy, people will adopt to that. I think and we've kind of proven that a little bit with all the you know the the legacy kind of cannabis sales reps that have been doing this a long time that have All the relationships with buyers they see a value out of it and think it's cool Mm -hmm. you know so like there's definitely going to be an overlap i think the more the more tech that kind of keeps evolving and, and we're listening to customers you know that and the users on kind of what would what would they like you know i think that's um that's something that we're we're always focusing on is like how can we make this experience better for them how can we make their job easier how can we make you know them fall in love with our product that it becomes something that they want to use and they use it every single day and 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 go forward so I, I definitely think there's going to be a crossing path for that even with other types of tools too like you think you know point of sale systems are getting better you know like when i was selling biotrack everybody hated us um, we were just you know we were trying our best at the time and i uh, I mean, every, every tech in, has gotten a lot better if you look from like the last six years and it, there's almost this like new wave of tech companies, more capital being poured in and better talent coming in. There's, there's a lot of things that are changing that's that's really exciting.
0: To help and elevate that for sure. And the more, you know, in my, my personal opinion, the more the, the culture and the legacy, you know, and the business world and, and existing, you know, experience from existing verticals and just building business tech start to collide, that's when this whole this whole industry is gonna lift up. Um, and, and both, both parts are equally important in that. Um, but speaking of capital, obviously you guys, you know, did a little bit of a raise this, this year, um, that was recently announced kind of what, what, what was some of the things that went into that? And, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, I, there might be some things you can't say, but, <laughs> but what was kind of the basis of, of that and why you guys chose the partner you chose?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Let's see, the first week of November, we closed our our seed round. Uh it was six point five million dollars led by Casa Verde Capital. Um, you know, I, I think during the process of raising money, if you've ever done it, it's it's a it's a pretty, pretty intense process. You know, you got you're you're put you put together your deck, all the different data rooms, all the information, and and you're really opening up the business and and you gotta really have all your your T's crossed and you know, your I's dotted. And I think you know, we, we chose CASA uh, essentially because we, we thought they were the best partner. They, they saw our vision, we shared values, we love their portfolio of companies and um, speaking with other founders who they've invested in, you know, it's, it's obviously they have amazing things to say about them.
0: Well, CASA's had a, had a pretty, pretty solid track record of uh, companies that they've injected some cash into. Um, definitely one of the more impressive for me. I'm not even a finance guy, I, I, this industry has helped me learn a little bit more about that. But when you look at their portfolio, you know, they be swinging and they, they don't miss very often. Um, but for a, lot, for a lot of people out there that don't understand the race part, right? Like I, I come from the music industry and like, you know, someone signs a deal, they get a million dollar advance or whatever. And everyone's like, oh, they made it. But anyone that you know, in that position is like, nah, the real work starts then. Right. And so how do you feel like yeah. at this point of getting this cash, like sure, it's a celebration. Mm-hmm. People believe in the vision that you can help take it to the next level. But yeah. You envision it the same way. Like now, now the work starts on a different scale.
1: Yeah. I think Jeffrey and I celebrated for maybe like 10 minutes and then it was like, okay, you know, back to work. I think you almost have to have that. You, you really do have to have that attitude because to your point, like just cause you get capital, like that's actually when things become harder, right? You have mm-hmm. to manage your capital effectively. You have to start, you know, we're obviously have hired um, several people since we raised and, and now it's about expansion and, you know scaling appropriately is is not an easy thing getting getting to a point to even raise capital is very very difficult like but but once you get capital then it's then really the the and what i consider fun i, I mean i love this stuff like this is i live eat sleep this 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 whole world and game that that this is and um yeah i mean there's it, it's obviously the, the pressure the pressure is there I, I thrive on it personally so like okay. more pressure the better and um just having a, a, someone like Casa on our corner is amazing too. With all the experience they've had in the industry, and you know the, them as advisors and partners of ours, is um, is something that we don't take for granted at all. And we're we're super super excited for what the future holds.
0: Hell yeah, man! I'm I'm, ex, I'm excited to watch. So what what is on the docket for 2022? I know you said that you guys have identified 13 markets um, yeah. that, that are kind of on the on the next targets. But what, what's mm. what's all on the on the schedule for 2022?
1: yeah yeah so we um you know expansion into um into more states is probably kind of the first priority we're launching a a redesign of the app um, sometime in q1 so we'll have to set up some time to to show you what we're Mm -hmm. what we've been working on a lot of, of the feedback we've got over the last 10 months from you know majority of our clients there's a lot of new features that are coming out that we think will kind of separate us even further from um you know how reps are using it and going about their day we um we're looking at a couple different avenues of of you know what other problems can we solve for operators like as a as a core mission of our company it's, it's really about um helping cannabis businesses just find opportunities to grow and when i look at the market there's a ton of problems out there that can be solved through data and it's about staying hyper focused on you know our current customers problem that we're solving continuing to build on that and make their job easier but i think there's there's other operators that we're looking at where we're like wait a second we could, we can help them as well. Um, so first thing that comes to mind is, is, is a buyer at a retail store. So how are they making decisions? How are they pricing their product? How are they determining what to put on promotion? Um, how are they looking at competition? You know, there, there's some things there that I think are really interesting and, um, you know, we're, we're exploring, uh, some things there.
0: I love it. Like it, there's a lot of pain points, whether it's small or great, which for, you know, to your point earlier, it, it's just opportunity to to provide solutions for these issues and problems that people have arise. Um, you know, for people in California and Colorado that, that want to work with you guys, you know, pistol data.com is the website, yeah. but is there anywhere else you'd plug or, or where, where you recommend people reaching out for more information? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So www it's P I S T I L. Sometimes people spell it with an O it's not, it's not an O. Um, and uh definitely follow us on instagram now that it's back up it's uh just pistol underscore data um you know definitely if you want to get a demo check out some data look at competitors data um you know submit the, the request demo on our website we'd be happy to walk you guys walk you guys through it like i said we're in california and colorado right now um, looking to be in in six more states by the end of q1 so probably could guess the ones that we're looking at, but I'll say them anyways, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Oregon, Washington. Um, and that six ones up for debate, so I won't mention it. But uh, yeah, definitely give us a shout. We'd love to uh, to show you some data and, and show you how we're helping you know 600 plus sales reps uh, make more sales.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Taylor. Well, I really, really appreciate you hopping on here, talking a little bit about your experience, talking about Pistol and, and, and just your your thoughts on the future of the industry, because you have a unique understanding being in so many states and being involved in some of the, the biggest companies uh, on the tech side to date. And so, you know, salute to you guys getting the raise and, and look forward to seeing pistol, you know, climb, climb up that <laughs> ladder and, 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 and have that brand name up there in, in one of the tech powerhouses, man.
1: I appreciate that, man. This has been a pleasure. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. This is the North American
0: weed tour episode 77. We will be at you guys with these remaining three episodes soon.